Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. What's up, everyone? I'm Brian Carroll, and I'm here to help people move more, eat well, and be adventurous. And today I have Coleman Power on the show, who is going to teach us why it is important to grow some of your own food, why homegrown food is more nutritious and tasty than what you can find in the stores, and how that improves your fitness routines. So Coleman Power is an organic grower. He's a personal trainer, author, and also a podcast host. He is a great advocate for teaching the importance of combining healthy, nutritious foods by sourcing and growing your own, and also adding in exercise and having a positive mindset. He also has his book, The Power of Organic Fitness, which you can find in uh, bookstores or on Amazon. And before we dive into this episode, if you are looking for an amazing electrolyte to add into your water to help improve your hydration, and uh, especially to use during workouts or intense exercise, then check out my favorite electrolyte element, LMNT. You can learn more about it at summitforwellness.com slash LMNT. All right, let's dive into my conversation with Coleman. Thank you, Coleman, for coming onto the show. Thanks, Brian, for having me. I'm extremely delighted to be on your show specifically. Yeah, I'm very excited to chat with you because it sounds like you do a lot of your uh, growing your own food, which I'm a big fan of. Um, We always have a garden. We do a lot of like mini homestead type stuff around here. But before we dive into that, let's learn a little bit more about you. What's your background and uh, what got you interested in growing your own food? I suppose being an organic grower and a personal trainer, I am quite unique in itself. And the whole idea of it is I started off with my fitness journey, just playing sports as a younger individual in my teens. And then I went in and did a little bit of bodybuilding. I thought I was Arnold Schwarzenegger there for a little while. But really and truly, what I wanted to improve on was my nutrition. And I found out uh, specializing in in organic horticulture, I have a master's degree in that, that the best type of foods are actually grown without the likes of harsh chemicals. And organic food is most certainly grown in the soil without the likes of those harsh chemicals such as glyphosate and that was supposed was a starting point of then amalgamating the likes of nutrition and exercise together to get people to be happier and healthier would be one of my main goals with what i do now over there in ireland i'm curious what the uh, growing process is like for foods like over here in the u.s we use chemicals all the time you basically just drinking gallons of it at this point um but things are getting better there's more organic farms popping up and more people recognizing the impact of pesticides just on the environment and our own health um is ireland similar where the majority of farms are using a lot of these chemicals or is it a little better quality of food overall it is a little bit better but what you always have to do is try and just do your best to get the highest quality food you can possible. And one of the things that I always say to people is if you cannot buy it, if you can grow your own or buy it, but whatever you do, make sure you add it to your diet. Like there's a country market in every small town and village that you can find throughout Ireland. And I'm sure there's also an opportunity for people to go to country markets in the likes of America, wherever your listeners are currently based. But then following that, then the next best thing is to grow a little bit of your own. It's either you have more time or you have more money. And like like I love saying, you either sow a seed today and gain the advantage of it in the future. Like there's very little effort. It's okay to know absolutely nothing because I most certainly knew very little when I started off as well. You sow a seed, it doesn't germinate. You keep on, I suppose, making those 
uh, inevitably corrections to get, I suppose, a successful crop. Like the organic fitness foods that I recommend are the ones that are, I suppose, nutrient dense and are low calorie. Those are your rainbow chard. Those are your kale. Those are your spinach that contain iron, vitamin C and magnesium. And then you maximize the benefits. And it's okay to eat, I suppose, non-organic food. But that's just the gold standard. It's the likes of it being grown without glyphosate. Glyphosate is a carcinogenic. That means it has been proven to cause major chronic illnesses. And that's something you don't want, I suppose, in your diet. A lot of people will talk about the likes of if... Uh, Coleman, I found this study to say that there's no difference between organic and conventional. And then, look, we can debate about the likes of these studies in here and there. And the main point of which is it's not always what's extra in organic food; it's what's not in it. I like that. Yeah. Um, one thing that's really interesting is if you ever go to someone's garden and just grab let's say lettuce right out of the garden, take a bite of it. It's going to taste way different than anything that you've probably ever had at the store. Uh, that extra little bit of freshness is just so magical. Uh, so when you go to a, a grocery store, typically how old is the produce? Cause you know, coming all the way across the world, I'm sure it wasn't picked yesterday. No. And that suppose varies with the type of fruit or vegetable or food item, whether it be eggs and or meats that you are consuming. Because I'm not a vegan or vegetarian. I just have a massive preference towards people eating more fruits and vegetables because they contain fiber. But to say how fresh those are, well, that's the, I suppose, indication that they weren't picked yesterday. And that's what you can actually get. You can actually even get better. You can get literally farm to fork in the same day if you get yourself to a local farm, whether it's a box scheme that's delivered to your door or you have to drive to a certain pickup point and with, I suppose, larger areas in America. A lot of people have to do that. And I have, I suppose, viewers and clients that I train online that do exactly that. They go to these uh, pickup points where they're picking up their meats, their eggs and their vegetables that are grown in nutrient dense soils using the likes of regenerative agriculture. That just means using shit or manure from the likes of the animals that are raised on the farm to give nutrients back into the ground because on large scale farms okay they're producing a lower quality food and that's what people want optimal health comes from your foods you cannot out train a bad diet if you want to be happier you want to be healthier i highly recommend you to add in chemical free foods to your diet because like people might even shoot me down sometimes say cool man the standards aren't the same in america well this is where i'm talking about this is the whole thing i'm going to expand on this point is the word organic is a registered term so, Brian, if you're growing your back garden at home and you say to me, oh, cool, man, you know what? I'm growing, growing tomatoes and tomatoes this year and they're organic. And I say, Jesus, no, Brian, they're not. You say, what do you mean they're not? Like, they're, they're not registered, so you can't actually say that because by law, you'd be locked up for that kind of stuff. But what you can do is be sure that they're grown without the likes of those chemicals that we don't want in our diet in any certain amount. So that's the main difference. It's a registered term. So that means that there are governing bodies that go out to the sites, such as the one that I'm currently growing on at this moment in time, and they either check the produce, they check the likes of the soil and or the water that I'm currently and the items that are applied to the likes of the crops so that there is no, I suppose, cowboys producing food. And that's, I suppose, stops a lot of error in the production of poor quality foods because that's what they do. Yeah, it's a blessing 
and a curse because I know a lot of small farms, um, the organic process is very expensive here to get that label. Um, so a lot of small farms, they produce, you know, high quality food, but they can't throw that label on there because they just don't have the funds to do that um, unless they grow and get bigger. But then you're also preventing people just from slapping a label on saying, yeah, this is organic when it actually isn't. So it's, it's beneficial, but it also hurts some of those uh, smaller farmers for sure. Yeah. And that's why I say the fact that local, fresh, and then the gold standard is organic. If it's local and fresh and it's chemical free, you're winning. Trust. Yep. And once you know the farmer, you can have a relationship with them. You can go to the farm. They want to show you where their food is, where your own food is growing that you're eating. And we used to have this. Not go back, I suppose, not too far back, whether your parents or your grandparents. A lot of people used to grow a lot of their own veg. They used to have an apple tree in their back garden. They would have onions, garlic, leeks. Uh, tomato, tomatoes, whatever else. But we've lost touch completely of the food system. We go into a shop and we go in and expect something to be 49 cent or a dollar. But the whole thing about it is, take, take the example of tomatoes or tomatoes. They are sown in February. They are watered. They are transplanted. They are weeded. And they're not harvested in Ireland. For, so we got February, March, April, May, June, July. Take six months from sowing a seed to harvest. Okay? And it wouldn't be too far away in the likes of America. And then someone says to me, Coleman, I can get cheaper food in uh, whatever, whatever store. You go, well, that's not the same thing. It's completely different. It is higher nutrition. It is higher omega-3, which is anti-inflammatory. It's even something that contains higher omega uh, antioxidants. Antioxidants reduce stress. When you have less stress in your body, you have more energy levels. Because a lot of the time people are like, Coleman, what, what coffee are you drinking? I'm literally drinking parsley tea right here, right now. So that is literally parsley <laughs> in a cup. You can actually, for those people on YouTube, you can see some of the bits of the green sticking out of the cup that contains lutein and zeaxanthin. Those are antioxidants that you can more certainly gain the advantage of. I don't drink coffee. If I drank coffee, I think the world would explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and going back to the the transporting food across the world thing, um, you can't pick ripe produce and ship it across the world because it's not gonna it's not gonna last. Um, so what they're doing is they're picking unripe food produce, they're shipping it, and they're ripening it up without all those nutrients from the soil and the plants and all that type of stuff on their way to your grocery store compared to, like you said, going to a, a farmer's market or something like that. It was picked today or yesterday. It ripened right on the plant. It's getting all those nutrients. It's going to have more nutrients in that produce than it typically would in the store. And then you consume that and you're getting just more bang for your buck. Yeah. And I highly agree with you there. And for the most part, people ask me that, oh, come and do bananas make you gain weight. No, they don't. But in Ireland, they don't grow that well. So it's not something that I recommend people straight away to add into their diet. And depending on, in Washington, I'm pretty, I, I'm going to take a, a stab being a horticulturist and we're on the same longitude or latitude that bananas don't grow too well in Washington either. Nope. Yep. So, so I'm going to give you this nutritional fact. I love this. Why this helps me learn because I, this is how I learned about the types of foods and why they are beneficial to us. So high, beetroot is something that has higher potassium than a banana. So most people eat a banana before an event. Okay, and looking for the, the likes of the potassium, which regulates your fluid levels. So if you're going for a run or you're doing any form of exercise, people eat bananas for one of, one of that's one of their main reasons. But you switch that up and now that you have the opportunity that Brian left me on this podcast uh, to gain the advantage of beetroot has higher potassium than a banana. 
So if you're looking for, I suppose, higher potassium in the likes of your meal before the likes of your event or training or exercise, add in some beetroot, which also contains antioxidants called anthrocyanins, which improve your blood flow, which inevitably give you more energy levels. And these things are being sold in little packets of shots in health food shops. And they go, this is now super uh, beetroot juice. Buy this. Only $5. And you're going to go, drink it off. And you're going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to tell you the free things. You sow a beetroot seed. In early 90 days, you can have an abundance of beetroot growing in your back garden and you gain fiber. Fiber keeps you fuller for longer, preventing cravings. It also improves your mood well, it, because fiber, uh, your beneficial microorganisms feed off fiber. And as a result of that, you are then are producing uh, more serotonin. Serotonin is your happy hormone and 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. Here's a little fun fact for you. We were talking about um, honeybees before we started recording here. Uh, one of the reasons I stopped consuming bananas is because bananas release a very similar pheromone as um, getting stung by a bee. So as a beekeeper, if you're eating bananas, it attracts bees to come and sting you because they're recognizing that sting pheromone. And that's kind of the last thing you want to do is get stung by 60,000 bees when you open up a beehive. Man, this is mind-blowing stuff. And I've already had a chat with you, Brian, before we were just what we're kind of talking about. I'm going to get Brian on my podcast talking about the likes of bees and why we shouldn't be eating bananas. <laughs> <laughs> There's your title right there. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It is. I'm writing that down. <laughs> so not everyone has, you know, an abundance of land to be able to grow a ton of food. Um, and we'll... We already talked about farmer's markets as an option. You could go get food there. But let's say you don't have very much land at all, but you still want to try and grow some food. What are some good starting ways to grow some of your own produce? There are so many different, I suppose, pot inventions and climbing walls now that can go in apartments on the likes of balconies where you can grow, as I call it, literally the, the best type of foods for yourself, such as rainbow chard, spinach, kale can all be grown from one seed and get numerous harvests only taking the outer leaves so write down those three absolute breadwinners rainbow chard or chard silver beet i think is another name on it in australia they have other names so we have the likes of kale and if you want to get best bang for your book nutrition wise go for a purple colored kale because the darker the color the higher the antioxidants and then the likes of kale spinach would be the third one those are three absolute simple breadwinners that you can literally put into a yogurt tub and as a result of that harvest so many different leaves all throughout the growing months in your apartment in wherever situation you have a small little bit of a balcony and definitely tomatoes would be another one that grows very well either in grow bags and or the likes of uh, pot and you can get so much i suppose from the likes of the small amounts that you do grow and it's about just adding in incremental small uh, amounts of these uh, non heavily sprayed produce so you can be the healthiest version of yourself do you uh, grow tomatoes indoors? Yes, uh, over here in Ireland, we have to have them indoors. So they're sown in the likes of a, a glass house and then uh, put into the likes of a polytunnel. And a polytunnel is, I know in America, sometimes they call it different words. It's called an, a larger glass house. So glass house to a larger glass house. So the point of which is the whole duration of their life cycle, because we have cold or nights that can get as low as um the temperatures are different uh five degrees here just cold so that the tomatoes don't like it and they have to be grown inside and they're grown up string lines and i have a couple of different videos on youtube for people that are wondering how to train their tomatoes and in this year actually i'm doing something uh, specifically different and unique if i am 
I'm into unique enough as it is. From one plant, I'm growing two main leaders. So that means I'll have twice the amount of yield from one plant with, I suppose, saving on water as well. So I show people how to do that. And uh, it's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to look up that video because right now I just use like the tomato cages and uh, my soil is so rich in nutrients because I use my chicken manure. Um, the tomato plants get huge and they always just absolutely demolish the the tomato cages every year. So I'm curious about doing the, the line, have them crawl up the line. That sounds interesting. Yeah. It's literally like if you think of a James and the Giant Beanstalk. And I'm just going to try to describe to people who are not on YouTube. If you have a plant, literally like that, your elbow in your hand, you tuck the string underneath one side, have it coming out the other, all underneath the right to the base of the plant, put that into the soil. Your string line goes all the way up to the ceiling of your glass house, or just we'll call it anything that you're tying across. You have a line. And as a result of that, then when the tomato is going round, you just lightly wind it round as it climbs taller and taller and taller. I can go all the way to the ceiling if you're growing it in a glass house, or if you're growing it outside, you put a bit of a TP and it can literally go right up to the top of that to maximize the height and the harvest of your crop of your tomatoes. Interesting. That sounds awesome. It is, man. I'm so, I'm so glad we're here to exchange knowledge here. That's what podcasts are. Connecting with people who are going to give you these free golden nuggets. And me and Brian are connecting across the water. Yep. Um, now, what's, what's really interesting, though, is you're kind of talking about growing food during, you know, you get started towards the end of winter and then you're growing through the summer and harvesting probably the final stuff in the fall. Is there any good ways to have produce all year long? Like even in the winter? Yes, there most certainly would be. Canning is one way. I think it's uh, even a hell of a lot more common in Ireland. But I suppose I uh, don't want to go too doom and gloom because I'm quite a positive individual. It is important to be as sustainable as you possibly can. And beans would be an absolute uh, breadwinner for, I suppose, a crop that stores and cans very well. But other things that, uh, and I do recommend you to grow and that can be stored very easily. And actually, two, two specific foods might even go as far as three. So the first of which is um, a food that a lot of people may not have heard of before. It's called Jerusalem artichoke. It's very high in a type of fiber called inulin and grows in similar to a potato. It's like a knobbly uh, potato. It's kind of similar to your fist kind of shape. Not smooth, very, I suppose, rough and jagged, but super beneficial and great to store throughout the winter. And it would be something that, let's say, if an apocalypse would happen, that you could literally survive off. Like in Ireland, for the most part, about 100 years ago, we had a famine. We were eating nothing but potatoes. And what ended up happening was there was a famine, a blight. But the main advantage, another one of the advantages of this food is it doesn't get blight. So for those people that grow potatoes and have issues with blight, most certainly switch up and get your hands on a tuber. So you literally, there's no work involved in this. I call this an organic fitness food. And that's why I wrote about it in the book. So I put it into the ground. Okay, started the growing season, leave it there. It's in the, uh, the dandelion family, has a huge long stalk and the sunflower family, apologies, it has a huge large stalk, has a beautiful flower on the top of it. After it flowers, the foliage dies back down. You put in one, you can get up to about 10 from each plant. So whatever, one foot spacings. So one here, a foot spacing, another one, foot spacing, another one. So you literally can, in three, you can have 30. Wow. Um yeah. Do you have you ever tried any of the hydroponic things or anything inside? I haven't. I have worked in. I think I'm allowed to say this. What are the chances of him listening? One of my first jobs after I finished uh, my organic horticulture was picking and harvesting uh, in a hydroponic uh, grow glasshouse. And God, that was one monotonous. 
tedious job. We went up <laughs> one line picking tomatoes and back down the other. I was racing my cousin at the time. It was absolutely a sweat box of a job. I don't know how I survived six months of it. And um, yeah, we were competing against Eastern Europeans and by God, them boys can pick fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, how do you tie in all your organic growing and your food and all that type type of stuff into like your training programs? So um, I'm going to assume a lot of your training programs, people are trying to either build strength, lose weight or um, build up cardio endurance. How do you adjust the different types of foods that they should be growing and consuming? And are there better foods than others to be able to reach those fitness goals? Yeah, most well, certainly we have touched on a couple of them already. So the ones that I do recommend, simple ones, are the ones that contain magnesium. So that is, we've already mentioned kale, your spinach, and your rainbow chard. Those are three ones already. But French beans or French climbing beans, which are another one that climb up a string, that are absolutely an amazing crop. So four to five seeds around one string line, similar idea because all my, most of my crops inside in the polytunnel are growing uh, vertical, it's called vertical growing to maximize the, ben the benefits of the space that you have in your tunnel or glass house. So what you have to do there is you're growing again, similar string line, and that is going to give you magnesium, protein, and fiber. So that's something that gives and increases your energy levels. Uh, protein is something that maintains your muscle or builds it, whether you're in a whatever phase you're looking for the likes of the fiber is something that most certainly keeps you fuller for longer less cravings less likely to eat processed foods and in the fourth of which magnesium foods i really get people to bump that up and inflame them whether they're growing their own or buying it is because it uh, is used for energy production so high magnesium foods would be your kale your spinach your and even beetroot leaves are actually edible because they're in the same family as the likes of your spinach so those are definitely foods I would add into their diet. Other foods and that I, I do recommend are potatoes. A lot of people say even white potatoes. White potatoes do not make you gain weight. And I used to think that. And why I've, I suppose, uh, ban banished these myths because uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm just to describe myself. I'm a five foot seven individual who has, I suppose, a relatively um, athlete figure. And I eat potatoes on a regular basis when they're in season. And I suppose... I used to think that white potatoes made you fat just due to because of social media and all these other suppose, people out there just demonizing carbohydrates because that's what they are. And carbohydrates are the body's first source of energy, but so are processed foods. So it's really important to, I suppose, not demonize a single ingredient food, definitely not vegetables, uh, before you, I suppose, take out highly sugar added cereals biscuits cakes pizzas which are all carbohydrates but they give you a quick release in energy as opposed to a carbohydrate whether a white potato or sweet potato so i would i would actually get people to eat and consume potatoes on a regular basis on the likes of the organic fitness program so you mentioned uh, specifically you consume that consume them in season um does that mean there's parts of the year year where you're not consuming them yes you know, that is a very, I suppose, good question because there are well, certainly other times of the year throughout, I suppose, the spring, there is a lot. And that's why my diet changes. I have no preference to any particular one diet, whether vegan, vegetarian, uh, the likes of uh, keto or whatever you which are the standard diet. It's about, I suppose, I have a preference for people eating in season. In spring, it is much more... Uh, yeah 
to eat intuitively, such as bumping up the likes of your meals with a lot of salads because they come into season for a reason. There's a high percentage of water. Water is something that hydrates you, that gets you to, I suppose, perform at optimal levels because not only that, uh, your muscles need water and so does your skin for keeping them looking and being as healthy as they possibly can. So for a high percentage of the year, there are other foods that I would consume. Uh, oats typically are something that I would have for breakfast. And then you can also lean towards those stored vegetables. As I said, the Drusa martichokes would definitely be in my diet at times when the potatoes are not around. And you can also remember the fact that vegetables, and all vegetables for that matter, are carbohydrates. So whatever the season is, there will be most certainly carbohydrates there and fruits or vegetables from whatever season you are currently in to give yourself energy. Awesome. You you had mentioned blight and uh, how um you know sometimes you can go through different periods of time where food might not be as readily available as it typically is and there's a lot of different circumstances that could happen you could have pests you could have um, diseases you could have uh, terrible weather or not ideal weather for growing if you live in an area where this is constantly happening. Um, what are some ways people can continue to grow their own food and be able to make it through these periods of time when it is more difficult to find food? Uh, I'd move house. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's a difficult question, and I'll give you the best answer I possibly can. Uh, for people who live in, uh, we'll call it food deserts, because I know some of your listeners may be in that current situation. That's why we're at, and you're specifically asking me that. Hydroponics is most certainly a way out of that. Controlling the environment as best you can so that you can have some type of produce or some type of food for yourself. And then canning would also be the other option in on top of that because it is difficult for those individuals, but not impossible. And that is, I think, that may even, may even be like Nike's slogan, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. yeah. I know with uh, a lot of the weather and stuff, parts of the U.S. right now is like in triple digit or yeah, triple digits, and other parts like me, where we've been so cold that it's been really difficult to get anything to start growing. And hopefully now the sun will actually come out and stuff will take off. But it does make you have to sit there and think about okay, what's the backup strategy um, if stuff like this keeps happening? Maybe we do have to go more hydroponic, or maybe we need to set up more um, greenhouse type stuff to capture some of that heat or you know just start thinking through and problem solve what are the other ways that we can grow food if the environment isn't working in our favor mm. controlling the environment as much as you possibly can so you just touched on it there using greenhouses using polytunnels using heated benches to your advantage so that you can I suppose grow a little bit starting early in this I suppose the season would be a great way and or continue to use the likes of those heated benches to produce a crop uh, leafy greens getting I suppose the advantage of nutrient dense crops that can store as I said as through the artichokes if you do have a glass house or a polytunnel too produce food for yourself because food is medicine and that's one of the things I'm a firm believer in every vitamin and mineral comes from the soil and what's grown in the soil organic food it most certainly is and that's why i recommend that because it is the best all right coleman do you have any final thoughts on um how growing your own food can improve your fitness level and different ways to grow your own food uh with the point of which that if you're looking to be a healthier and a happier 
individual. You cannot out-train a bad diet. And I'm only going to recommend, I suppose, the best type of foods for people. And we've said it once, I'll say it again. Local, fresh and organic produce is grown in the soil and every vitamin and mineral comes from the likes of the Mother Earth. So if more people consumed local, fresh, whether you're growing your own or buy it, I'd highly recommend people to add it to their diet, whatever their fitness goal might be. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on. Um, So you were mentioning like you don't stop eating potatoes and all that type of stuff. So in order to maintain your fitness level or your body composition or anything, are you adjusting um, the amount of calories you consume? Because I'm assuming you can't just eat 10,000 pounds of potatoes and not gain one pound. No, when when you come down to, I suppose, the macronutrients, what you're talking about and the macronutrients being proteins, fats and carbohydrates, I would have a balance of uh, different to other individuals just because of your height and that becomes specific to the individual. That's why it's important to work with a practitioner, whether it be, it doesn't have to be myself, it could be anyone who's specifically qualified in helping you to reach your fitness goal. So for the most part, when I'm training people uh, that I take on the program, it's getting them to bump up their protein because a lot of people are not eating enough protein and a lot of people are not eating enough fiber. So what do I recommend to those people? Most certainly the complete proteins that I recommend will be your chicken, fish, turkey, eggs, and eggs are extremely uh, sustainable food source because as well as that, there you can have your own, free-range roaming chickens and everybody that's going to give you a higher omega-3 and they are a complete protein they contain healthy fat and they contain um, so many different uh, minerals in on top of that but they're low carbohydrates so that means they're great paired with oats and or potatoes that i'm a firm uh, a major fan of and then the likes of your healthy fats are something that are essential so both protein and healthy fats are essential so bumping up your healthy fats from either extra virgin olive oil which i would be my favorite cooking oil cooking at medium to low heat just not to i suppose cause oxidative stress on the likes of the oil then coconut oil would also be another preference of mine and something that i use for several different uses such as oil pulling with my teeth naturally whiten them i don't use um, any of those enamel uh, cleaners I would also use it for a moisturizer and also the fact that I wouldn't use um, you would use it to protect myself from the sun at certain times of the day because it has an SPF of 10 and then the last thing I would I suppose add in to people's diets would be the carbohydrates so in that order focusing on I don't get people to track uh, calories in every I suppose for what for uh, their full life I want people to understand what foods contain proteins what foods contain fats what foods contain carbohydrates so then they can use that pieces of information long term to make better food choices so for the most part focusing on your protein focusing on your healthy fats and your carbohydrates will come in abundance in relation to every uh, vegetable that you consume because they're carbohydrates and then if you're eating oats that would be a simple uh, complex carbohydrate and same with potatoes that i would be a firm believer in along with rice pasta and or either quinoa Uh, or quinoa whatever the kids are calling it these days awesome yeah coleman this was fantastic information now you also have a book that i'm sure you dive in even deeper into all this stuff called the power of organic fitness can you tell me a little bit more about it and only tell you, I'll hold it here at the same time because this took me a long time to write. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm dyslexic by trade, if you want to call it that. But I, what? I wrote this book during the lockdown phases, and it's something that over the past 
last 10 years it's the information that i've learned the diet myths getting people to understand foods breaking it down to as we've touched on on this podcast uh proteins healthy fats carbohydrates what ones i recommend the difference between organic and conventional fiber uh the slow release of energy from the carbohydrates why and other foods can affect your blood sugar levels how to control them organic fitness foods your druza master choke your yak on that we didn't exactly touch on here but it's also it's a as well a teaser that's in the likes of the book here there is and the final chapter is most certainly based on exercise uh, sunlight sea swims cold water exposure and wrapping it up with positivity and goal setting because that's how I suppose really you achieve anything in life you set a target you set a goal and you work towards it the compound effect of what you do on a regular basis will get you from where you are to where you want to be and that is I suppose is how you achieve anything the compound effect because what you do the majority of the time will get you the majority of your results Awesome, Coleman. Well, thank you so much. People can learn more about you at ColemanPowerOrganicFitness.com. You're also on the socials as well. I'm assuming YouTube and what else? YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, all Coleman Power Organic Fitness, C-O-L-M-A-N. If you spell it with an E, Ronnie Coleman comes up and he's a completely different fella altogether. (laughs) (laughs) And you also have a podcast too. So all those listening to the podcast... Just type in Coleman Power into your podcast player and you'll find that podcast as well. Thank you, Coleman, so much for coming onto the show. Thanks, Brian, for having me. I hope you learned from Coleman different ways to incorporate your own homegrown foods. Even if you don't have the room to grow food, you can always go to local farmers markets. And that's going to be the most fresh uh, produce that you will ever get. Trust me, if you haven't had farm fresh produce, it is significantly different than what you can find in most grocery stores. So to learn more about him, go to ColemanPowerOrganicFitness.com. You can also look him up on a podcast, Coleman Power Organic Podcast, and you can hear some of the episodes that he has there. He also taught me a couple things uh, that I might change in my own garden that will help with uh, growing like tomatoes and stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to give that a try. All right. In the next episode, I have Sabrina run back on the show. Let's go learn who she is and what we'll be talking about. Sabrina, what is one unique thing about you that most people don't know? Ah, so I um, probably because I I used to dance in uh, high school and college and uh, I do these little fun things where on a weekly basis, I'm like, just watch a a dance routine and just do it myself for fun. Oh, that's awesome. Are you a TikToker? Do you do any of those dances? No, never end up getting on TikTok. <laughs> I'm probably smart. I've no, I don't have TikTok either. I just know there's a lot of dancing going on over there. Well, what will we be learning about in our interview together? You'll learn how to gain back an hour per week. Truly thinking about time as something you can leverage on is not something you're always running out. And that can really help you us to see how do you really grow in your entrepreneurial journey and also as a person to get to where you need to go and actually have a hobby and do things you want to do not always your obligations and what are your favorite foods or nutrients that you think everyone should get more of in their diet i love avocado so the good fat and fat is actually uh, helping us um, but you just have to pick the right choices. I think dieting in itself, uh, I interview a lot of nutrition uh, on my own podcast as well. It's all about the choices that you make and proportion size and um, finding out what your body needs and not just trying to grab another uh, fat in diet plans. 
Yep, totally agree there. And what are your top three health tips for anyone who wants to improve their overall wellness? I would say get better sleep and um, uh, figuring out where your energy fluctuate based on circadian rhythm so you know when's your most concentrated time and do more tasks that way. And then it's uh, about when you think about fitness, or nutrition, diet, there's so many options out there. So talk to an expert to build your that plan that you can follow. And then we won't have that, oh my gosh, paradox of choices, right? What am I gonna do when I go to the gym? Or when I go to the supermarket, what do I make and buy? Stress management is something we should always be working on and learning how to recognize when we are taking too much onto our plate and when to back off and slow down a little bit. So. Until next time, keep climbing to the peak of your health.